If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Tis the season. Yes, it is. Tis the season for fall vibes. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what it's I was a, doing it's, there. It's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> yeah, I do need to be forgiven. You want to give a little cross over my forehead too? <sighs> yeah, there's some holy water from here. <laughs> I need some blessings. That's for sure. I'm just excited. I love September, even though it's been hot as fuck. It really uh, has been, my God. Yeah, and I sometimes October is hot too. We've had Halloween's where we were sweating our balls off trying to decorate. I usually find right around my birthday, which is like two weeks before Halloween, is when it starts to get bearable. Yes, I mean I've certainly had Halloween's where I was sweating to death. Oh yeah, I've had Thanksgivings, but, but more but, normally that that break happens yeah. in our in October sometime for us. Like yeah. weather-wise, our summer is, is really July through October, mm-hmm. weather-wise. Right. Not school-wise, but... <laughs> weather-wise. Yeah. Okay. I think you have an update. I do. You know, we've been talking about Ezra Miller here and there on the show and just all the stuff that they've gotten themselves into and just really horrific, like surprising, you know, losing contracts here and there due to all these like assaults and whatever. But I just want to... I always like to give updates when something like this has happened that what we do know is more recently Miller has finally admitted that, you know, obviously we've known this, but it's great when a someone gains insight that there's been a, co- a bunch of complex mental health issues that they're working through, confirming that they're now going to treatment. They've made open apology to everybody who's been involved with these incidents and fans who've watched everything unfold and affirming their commit- commitment to being healthy and safe and productive once again. I think that The Flash is working on reinstating the contract again. So, you know, again, it's like recovery and accountability. And I'm hopeful that they will get the help they need. I really because, hope so, because they are an exceptional actor. Yeah. So I just wanted to give an update if people didn't know that, but, you know, they, they're making a commitment to get back to a, a healthy place in their life. So, you know, good I luck very, to you. Yeah, I very much hope that's not just publicity. Exactly. And we never know until nope. we know, yep. but, you know, it's a good start. Hopefully it's not BS, but we'll see. I would love it to be true. And if the motivation is to get back to having a livelihood and, and all of that, hey, whatever motivation the you need. There's whatever the motivation carrot. you need, whatever external motivation you need to become internally motivated, I'm a, I'm a fan of. And then I also just wanted to mention that this is a, a probably a few weeks old now, but it's a podcast uh, that came out on August 30th, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called Inside the Adolescent Mind Mental Health Crisis. 
Oh, the daily. Yeah. And my brother actually sent this to me and he was like, you know, you've been saying this since the beginning of the pandemic. I'm like, well, I think all of us in mental health have, except unfortunately, these are the situations that get politicized and they don't just allow mental health people to speak out about it. But if those of you who have kids out there or, you know, you're a young adult or teenager yourself, this is a really great episode to listen to. And they discuss a lot about the complexity of adolescence and how lacking the regulatory structure, meaning the structure that helps us regulate emotion, combined with an increasingly stressful world, is giving us more, we're starting to look more at the concept of the teen life crisis and starting to look at life crises earlier. So rather than people looking at it as a midlife crisis, let's go back and start exploring the concept of teen life crisis, start early, stop punishing kids, help them make sense of their world. This is going to assist and be correlated to the decrease in shootings, depression, suicidal ideation. You know, by the time someone's 45, that's great that they're in therapy and they're processing things, but we, I think we need to really normalize that the first crisis really starts in adolescence. Absolutely. And no, so, I was really glad they did that. Me See, too. Just, I mean, I immediately listened to it because it's like my work, like that's what I do at my job, like adolescence, like that's the whole thing. My program is 12 to 18. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's what it is, mental health. So I don't know. I was really happy they addressed it and, and I agree. And I love that show anyway. I listen to that all the time. I like the daily. I don't watch a lot of news. Yeah, I don't I, either. I don't like random dumping of information on my face. Mm-hmm. I'm not into it. So I like to listen to news programs like that. And they're well-researched and they're 20 minutes and you get the idea of a story and you're in, you're out. And I feel edified. Yeah. As opposed to watching, you know, news for 12 hours and, and having like just trauma dumped on my head. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need that. I can, wa- I can read the headlines and know. That's right. Like I can read the New York times and know what's going on and, and be done. Yeah. So no, I really, but I really like that one. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I had forgotten all about it because there's just so much going on. I did want to mention that an adaptation of one of Stephen King's stories from the, if it bleeds collection is getting a feature film. And, and I have read this short story. I haven't read the whole, if it bleeds book, but I did read, um, Mr. Harrigan's phone. So it's received an official premiere date from Netflix this morning. So it's premiering October 5th Okay, on Netflix streaming service. My only problem with that is Netflix. <laughs> Netflix is so hit or miss with horror. It, I'm, it uh, is. I am cautiously like, okay, whatever. This is going to be yet another one. And if I'm pleasantly surprised... That would be great. It's a really good story. If you guys haven't read the novella, it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. You know, King recently tweeted on Twitter that, you know, he said, I have seen a close to finished cut of Mr. Harrigan's phone written and directed by John Lee Hancock. And it's nothing short of brilliant is what he says. I have no idea if that means it's actually a good movie or not. Right. The upcoming movie comes from American Horror Story creator Ryan Murphy and Blumhouse. So Blumhouse is another wild card in this thing. 
When they do joints, though, when they do like Blumhouse and Ryan Murphy or Blumhouse and Universal or whatever, they end up being a little bit better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe that's good. In Mr. Harrigan's phone, when Craig, a young boy living in a small town, befriends Mr. Harrigan, an older reclusive billionaire, played by Donald Sutherland, by the way, the two, which I'm very excited about, the two begin an, an, uh, to form an unlikely bond over their love of books and reading. So this is not a spoiler because it's in all the trailers and it happens right at the beginning of the story. And it's in this article. When Mr. Harrigan sadly passes away, Craig, the kid, discovers that not everything is dead and gone and strangely finds himself able to communicate with his friend from the grave through the iPhone in this supernatural coming-of-age story that shows that certain connections are never lost. So once again, King is taking a little boy as the main character and making a story about it and sending a little message. And I did really enjoy this book. This book, yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet. So I did enjoy the novella. And this is one of those ones that's, uh, it's not going to be, I mean, I know it's Ryan Murphy, but I mean, the book, the novella is not, you know, like horrific or gory or any of that. It's exactly what you hear. It's a little bit weird and ghosty, but a little boy coming of age story which is what king has done for many decades so very cool i I like it we'll see (laughs) i'm hopeful we'll see (laughs) very good all right we're gonna do a little thing i don't know do you guys know what the thing is you want to guess there's this little thing we do horror facts with cat oh she got the like cheesy face on she likes the queue, though. These are new cues are for new those cues. of you who are not patrons and didn't know this because we talk about this in our in our extra material. But these are new cues. And she got a little zippy kind of 1980s horror facts with calf cue now. I do. I know. I like it. Number one. What are your facts? What brought Jason back to life in Friday the 13th Part 6? Okay. Number two. Which horror director created... The musical score for Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Number three. You are at a bigger risk of dying of a heart attack on what day of the week? Oh, my. Okay. The day of the dead? Uh (laughs) Number four. How many deaths were connected to the 1973 film The Exorcist? Like real deaths. Yeah, I remember there was that documentary on all that. And number five, according to surveys and reports, an average of blank UFO sightings is reported every year. Hmm. Average. Average. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, did you give me a geographical area or is this like all of the U.S.? All, or all the, the, just in general. Oh, okay, like reported to that agency mm-hmm. whatever they're called okay all right well it's a much bigger number thank you for that i'll be looking forward to answering those thank you <laughs> let's talk movies and documentaries and whatever uh let's talk about prey we both saw that right we did okay i think we watched it all together yes prey 2022 Latest installment to the Predator universe, as they say. Action adventure. About 100 minutes long. Let me give you the the wee premise. 
Set in the Comanche Nation 300 years ago, Prey is the story of a young woman, Nehru, Naru, I don't remember, a fierce and highly skilled warrior. She has been raised in the shadow of some of the most legendary hunters who roam the Great Plains. So when danger threatens her camp, she sets out to protect her people. The prey she stalks and ultimately confronts turns out to be a highly evolved alien predator with a technically advanced arsenal, resulting in a vicious and terrifying showdown between the two adversaries. Strong bloody violence, by the way. Mm. <laughs> I uh, I liked this movie. I did too. I thought it was really good. I thought the storyline was great. I really cared about the characters. I thought the fight scenes were awesome. Me too. And I think it was Ice, or maybe you, one of you mentioned, I thought it was a great um, little just, additional piece was you know the predator wasn't as sophisticated in this one because he was still learning this is a prequel it's a prequel yeah so i love to remember because they threw in a lot of those like mess ups like he was learning there was a little nice little touch it was yeah but the fight scenes were amazing and her character was awesome yeah i thought the young actors were good or all the actors were good i thought that was really great I mean, I yeah. enjoyed the acting. I thought it was simple, right? Mm-hmm. It was very straightforward and simple. They didn't try to do too much. There was a lot of good stuff in that. And I definitely enjoyed the fight scenes. I enjoyed the the deaths, you know, the kills. We often look at that in, in horror movies and action movies. This guy directed 10 Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed mm-hmm. back in 2016. So... Yeah, it was a. I I liked it. Yeah, uh, well, he did what, a Black Mirror episode too. I can't remember okay. which one, but I enjoyed it. And I think that's not what everybody thinks. I think that might be one of our. It, I mean, it got good reviews. I'm not saying that it got good reviews. It got good audience. You know, whatever. But I have heard dissension among the troops for this movie. But I I don't. I liked it. Yeah. I, I've heard the same. In fact, I thought it would get a more positive. Um, I'll say that, but the reviews and the, and like as a whole yeah. is very positive. Okay. But yes, I've seen in some the review- horror community. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if that's because they're predator purists or something. I really liked it. I, yeah. I thought the ending jived, like I enjoyed how they wrapped it up. I thought it made sense. I thought it was interesting. I wasn't expecting it. It was definitely based if you if you remember that he's not as good as we knew him, you know, like this is a prequel. Yeah. And so like his fuck ups ultimately are part of the resolution. You know, like it's just it just all kind of jived for me. Right. Them making it a cultural piece with Native Americans. I don't know how that plays out. In other words, if there are criticisms about how Native Americans or indigenous cultures are portrayed, I would not be sensitive to that because I am not part of that community. So I'm not speaking about the movie from that perspective. Right. So those of you who might be part of that community and disliked it because of whatever representation was in it that was either positive or negative. Like I can't speak to that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and so that part I can't say anything about. Just looking at it from um, a prequel, a movie and a movie. I, I dug it. Me too. Yeah, Me me too. What else did I you went watch? I back and watched a movie from 2017 that I had never, I'm like, have I seen this? And I realized I hadn't <laughs> called the Bye Bye Man. It's essentially about like a boogeyman like figure of, you don't really get much of an origin from him, but he stalks and kills anyone that thinks or, and or says his name. 
Um, that gives you a pretty wide berth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he is actually played by the same actor who played the pale man in um, oh, Pan's funny. Labyrinth, which I think all is funny. He's, he's playing all these really bizarre characters. So <laughs> he saw the men. To give a real quick background, sometime in 1969, a teenage boy massacres his family members when he's apprehended by the police. He claims that the bye-bye man made him do it. A reporter for a local newspaper by the name of Larry Redman falls victim to the bye-bye man's influence upon hearing his name, which causes him to kill his friends and his family out of fear that the name would spread. Before committing suicide, or as we now say, taking his life, Mm -hmm. he sees the bye-bye man standing among the carnage. Only his widowed wife was spared due to the fact that he never uttered the name uh, to her, nor had it written it down for her. Okay, so it has a really, like, 90s feel. It's in Hmm. the same, like, I felt like I was watching something from, like, the, uh, what was the ones that we watched where people cheated death? Final Destination. Final Destination. It, It had, like, a, it had a 90s horror vibe to it. It was clever to an extent. Mm -hmm. I don't think I cared enough about the people who were dying throughout the film because it's like, you know, this generational thing. So you don't really get like people are dying before you even get to know who they are. So it's more so about the villain. Uh, And that works well for stories like Friday the 13th and when you care about the villain. but. Right. I don't know the bye-bye man and right. I don't really care right. about him that much. I so don't care about you. It was, it was okay. <laughs> bye-bye man. Bye man, man. We don't care. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah. Do you think it was worth a watch or no? Uh, not so much. Okay. I barely remember it and I didn't watch it that long ago. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I watched a movie called Orphan First Kill, which is oh, the sequel one. or is it it's totally a, different? It's a prequel, prequel actually. Okay. Which is odd because that actress is in it and she's a lot older now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of strange. But we'll go with it. I was going to say, how do they do a second one when you already, so that makes sense. Yeah, well, right. So part of the problem with this movie is that she's quite she's obviously got older, older than younger. <laughs> she's quite obviously older. Yeah. But they, I can tell you that they address that at one point. Oh, I won't spoil it, but All like, right. they address that a little bit at one point. Esther's terrifying saga continues, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> or maybe it's not a prequel. I don't know. It is a prequel. Continues in this thrilling prequel. I knew it was a prequel. To the or- original and shocking horror hit Orphan, which was a really good movie. After orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. And if you remember from Orphan, she's a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Yet an unexpected twist arises that pits her against a mother who will protect her family from a murderous child at any cost. Horror mystery thriller. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I like this actress a lot, so. Um, it got good reviews. It got pretty good reviews, you know, like C plus type of deal. I was not scared. It was not scary. It was not sinister. It was not spooky. It, The story doesn't quite make logical sense. Like it doesn't quite track and you're kind of pulled out of it because of that. Mm-hmm. Julia Stiles, isn't it? Oh. She's the, She's the mom. done we anything. Just, the mom we were just talking about. Yeah. There's this mom thing that happens. I kind of enjoy the premise that they took. 
because she moves in with this family and this mom and everything. And then there's a twist that comes. And I actually kind of enjoyed the twist and what it was. But, ah. All right. Julia Stiles. Yeah, I don't care for her at all. I don't either. And and nothing personal, obviously. I just don't care for her when she showed up in Dexter. I was initially very skeptical. I thought she did a great job in that Dexter season. Actually, it was a surprising thing to me. A lot of people disagree with that opinion, but I had such low expectations and I don't like her in general that I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a shit season. And then it wasn't so bad. (laughs) But she plays like a matriarch character. A lot of people like this movie. I did not (sighs) like this movie. You don't have to. No, unpopular opinions. Have to. Here on the Terror Talk. Right. (laughs) Very unpopular opinion. I, if any of those of you out there like uh, the old true crime, which I do. Yeah. I really like the story of uh, H.H. Holmes. And there, this is older now. We, so I'm not going to give anything away by saying this because I still think the documentary is really kind of a fun one to watch. On the History Channel, there was something called H.H. H. Holmes, the, the American Ripper. came out in 2017, and it's the great-great-grandson of H.H. H. Holmes and an ex-CIA, Amaryllis Fox is her name, and she's fantastic. <laughs> And they work together over a series of episodes to decipher whether H.H. Holmes actually was Jack the Ripper. And we know that Jack the Ripper was not H.H. Holmes because in the last couple of years, I think they have gotten closer to who they actually believe was Jack the Ripper. But from a true crime and evidence-based approach to how they linked all of the letters and the handwriting experts and the DNA and going to London and the clothing. And it's actually really kind of a fun ride for those of you out there who like the history channel and like some of that true crime stuff that's on there. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a, it's a fun one to watch. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's fun. Yeah. I also watched the wailing from 2016. Now this is a movie that I have been wanting to watch for a long time and I just never threw it on for a variety of reasons. (laughs) The Wailing, 2016. A stranger arrives Mm -hmm. in a little village, and soon after, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman is drawn into the incident and is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. So it's part horror, part detective story, which a lot of things are (laughs) these days in, in certain cultures. But this is from 2016, so it's atmospheric. It's very clever. It never stops, honestly. It's supernatural and it's pretty thrilling. And you think with its runtime, because it's two and a half hours long, one of the many reasons why I did not watch it until now. Even though it's on all the lists, it's like, this is a great movie. Please watch. It's Korean. I have, over the years, I really love Korean horror and it is definitely been in the forefront in the last five to ten years. And they are doing amazing things as a culture in the horror space. So, like, mm-hmm. why have I not seen this movie until now? But it's worth every second. I still don't like a two and a half hour movie. No. God, no. So, I am 
all about saying realistically it is very long it is very korean it is very crazy there's times in which you don't understand if you're supposed to laugh or not because it is for us not being korean it's a different cultural sensibility but it's freaking funny sometimes yeah and i like some horror in my in my i mean i like some comedy in my horror so it's got a mood and i will say in the end and let me just add this in the end i watched this with pepper you know how pepper feels about movies that are longer than a minute she loved this movie we both agreed it didn't need to be two and a half hours long Mm -hmm. but i can say that it's not like there was a big lull there was never a big lull mm-hmm. in in action or what was happening, and they made the most of it. And I and then I started reading reviews, and I'm like, uh huh. In other words, it's a supernatural whodunit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a pretty astonishing film, honestly. Yeah, but it yeah. is two hours and thirty six minutes that's long. A very long movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Watch it in two settings. I mean, that's that's what I have to do with some of these movies. And that's now. okay. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. I thought I was going to do that. Yeah. We we thought we were going to pause it in the middle. I'm like, right. well, let's just pause it in the middle because it's been on both of our to do lists. Yeah. forever. Yeah, and I'm like, it's like a Saturday morning, and I'm just like, let's do this. Right. If we need to take a break, <laughs> we'll take a break. Right. Like, who cares? We're at home. So, it was good. Very good. All right. So what you got over there? You got some I got some answers. Answers for me? I have no idea. I'm not sure. I might know one or two of these. No. What brought what brought Jason back to life Friday the thirteenth, part six? Lightning bolts. You got it. I knew that one. Which horror director created the musical score for Dawn of the Dead? Uh, John Carpenter? Dario <laughs> Argento. <laughs> That's like her favorite word in the English language. And it's Italian. Number three, <laughs> you are at a bigger risk of dying of a heart attack on what day of the week? Mondays. Yes. <laughs> 20% more succumb to heart attacks on a Monday. Fucking ain't right. Quit on Sunday. That's what I quit say. Quit on Sunday. I quit my job every Sunday. Number four, how many deaths were connected to the 1973 film The Exorcist? Six. Nine. Can you believe that? It's crazy. I know. That's an amazing little story. And according to surveys and reports, an average of how many UFO sightings are reported every year? 632. 70,000. <laughs> you know, half of that's bullshit, though. Yeah. Well, the mental health, you know, struggles yeah. of some. I think perhaps. I saw, or wanting money. That too. Although that's, you know, manipulation as a whole. Yeah. They're just mad. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. I got two. So I did better this week. You did. Two out of five. Yay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Consider becoming a patron to support us. We really very much appreciate you. And we love our little community. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.